are back on another episode of We Making It Woo. Guys, I came up with a tagline. Are you ready? Your weekly look and conversations around access to success so we can all what? Progress. If you want to look, know what it looks like to be successful in your 20s, well, just keep listening if uh, if you want to be a part of this conversation be sure to email me at katie smiles.nyc that's katie because it's my name <laughs> smiles <laughs> because my smile is cute and it's literally showing right now dot nyc because that's where we at last night what happened oh uh, let's see here shout out to brit falcon and dynamic alignment i am still kind of injured uh since working full-time i've been getting this really um like tingling and also like ball sensation like the muscles are starting to uh wrap around themselves in the palm of my hand uh so she's trying to help me with that I've also stopped running which is the worst uh so she's trying to get that so I think next week if the weather's nice she said that we're gonna go outside and she's gonna watch me walk and she's gonna watch me run so we're just one step closer to that goal because if you don't know me personally I did set a goal to do a half marathon this year uh, last summer I got up to seven miles pretty comfortably and so I just wanted to double that because I figure why not um so yeah that's what happened last night what am I reading did you see the cover of GQ if you didn't J. Cole was on it and that is what I am reading uh the author is escaping me I will be sure to put that somewhere she did a great interview with J. Cole if you don't know me I am a pretty much I would say diehard fan I literally yelled at my dance teacher in high school when he didn't get best new artist. It is real. There's no reason to yell at a teacher behind a Grammy that is not for you. But nonetheless, I yelled. That's what I'm reading. It's a really, really great interview. Also, they um, this this issue also has other great articles. The famous playwright who wrote Daddy and... It's something about a slave play. I think it's called Slave Play. But he also has a great interview in that. So that is what I'm reading. More magazines, less books. Let me know what you think. Now, if you have been keeping up, great. If you haven't, let me help a sister or brother or gender nonconforming person out. So we are talking about full-time artistry with full-time jobs. If you didn't catch the first episode, it's with Michaela Ware. Last week was with Chantel Prado. And this week, because we have to keep the conversation around, guys, I'm not really into angles. Apparently, they're a sign of danger in nature. If you want to know more about that, reach out to me and I'll explain it to you. But yes, we got to keep the conversation around. And I thought, who better? Well, let me kind of explain what round means. I didn't think it was fair to have this conversation without full-time dancers. And I thought to myself, who are the full-time dancers that I know? lurking in Gibney Hall so I thought and they're actually like really pretty but also very nice to me and I'm nice to them so it's just like <laughs> perfect so special guest can you introduce yourself uh hi Katie it's um, <laughs> <laughs> so great to be here um I'm Leo I'm an artistic associate at Gibney same and I'm Zoe Gomez pleased to meet y'all yeah Lil and Dewey. I met them because I work the front desk and they need me at the front desk. Y'all, for better or worse, the front desk at Gibney has really offered me some opportunities to what? Say hi to people. 
so I say hi. So I met Leland Dewey respectively a while ago, a year and a half, two maybe. When did you start working in Gibney? I started working in Gibney in February of 2017, March yeah. 2000. Yeah, February 2017, something like that. So two for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so let's get right into it. So. What exactly do you do as an artistic associate? What does that, yo, what do you do? Girl, just about everything. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Administrative work, uh, learning how to create your own website, which falls into that category. Yeah. Um, We do community action, which means traveling to a domestic shelter, domestic violence shelters, and we perform workshops, which are movement workshops for adults and children uh we take classes i pretty much try to take classes every day yes they um, do <laughs> and uh, they put themselves into class shout out we to have them yes girl <laughs> uh we have rehearsals depending on the day either from twelve thirty to 4 or twelve thirty to 6 but two hours per class two hours of class prior to that uh what else we perform we participate in some photo shoots randomly for magazines for trans magazines <laughs> it all depends <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's a, it's a pretty, it's my first season of the company, so I think it took me, even being in the company a minute, to realize how much work we do in, like, different ways. So, yes, it's a full-time, um, dance company where we take class and rehearse pretty much every day, but then on top of that, we do the community action, like Dewey said, which entails assemblies in public schools to educate, um, young people on, um, healthy relationships and um, teen dating violence and then we do movement workshops like Dewey said but then on top of that we also do our own individual fellowships um, advocacy fellowships which is a whole nother world of yeah work so there's like three facets to to our job right I would say yeah three major facets yeah yeah, yeah. because then there's other facets too I guess uh-huh. <laughs> right 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 which is amazing, but I do want to go back a bit. I, if you know me, I do like to go backwards as a way to go forwards. So, um, I want to go back to like let's let's go back to like eighteen to twenty one. Um, that, that was rough. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I I chose that age range because I think that's when I was. I think that's for me when I was like. I had changed my major in school, and I was like, I'm not going to do political science. Yes, people, I was a political science major when I That's went to college. <laughs> um, I wanted to be a lawyer because my mom said I was a really great arguer, which I am. Makes sense. Um, but at twenty, at 19, I was like, uh, no, this not is lame. I, I don't really want to be with these people for that long. I want to be with them for the shortest amount of time. Uh, and so, yeah, at 19, I changed my major to dance, and I didn't look back ever since. Um, can you talk to me about that time and maybe some of your early goals, early desires as a performer and, uh, maybe what you hoped it to look like, what it to feel like, just kind of paint the picture of maybe this career that you wanted to have. To be honest, didn't, s- I did, well, let's go back in my life. I wanted to be a dancer and I made that decision when I was a sophomore in high school. Yeah. I transferred overnight to performing arts high school. And then when I got to college and I went to college for dance, I, at my senior year or junior year, I had like a split 
passion. I wanted, I studied photography when I was in college. Yeah. For like, we were partnered with uh, another university and so we were able to take credits and have these classes for free. Yeah. And I wanted to be a photographer. I was like a little torn because I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. Yeah. So I spoke to a variety of my friends and realistically, photography will always be there and I can always go right, back to it. Right, right, right. Whereas as a dancer, you know, is I'm in this body for so long and I can only right. do it for so long. Right. So I was like, you know what? All right, let's stick with dance. I mean, I did just go through like four years of college for dance, so let's just run with it. Yeah. And then moved to New York for a couple months. Did not survive very well. Yeah. Moved back home for two years. Home being? Miami. Yes. And then did all I could do in Miami. The dance scene was very small there. Yeah. And then I came back to New York for a second time, and I was like, okay, I think I can do this now and see what happens. Yeah. There you are. I didn't have a very linear path uh, myself <coughs> either. Um, I grew up in Poland, and dance education isn't, like, a very big thing. Yeah. So I graduated high school and got into a conservatory in the Netherlands, moved out there. Um, s incredible school. I did not very well <laughs> in the sense i mean i was doing really well but mentally i was not doing very well so yeah, yeah. i actually had like a breakdown and um was in the first was in my freshman year i got really sick i got really depressed and like eating disordered and had to actually drop out of school and went back yeah. so that was when i was 19 um and then i spent two years trying to recover yeah um, so I actually, it was very painful to leave the conservatory and kind of the thoughts that were going through my head were that I wasn't strong enough to be a dancer. Like I would right. never, I was, I felt like I was already granted this opportunity without having the correct background of like conservatories and like competitions as a kid. Right. So I felt like, oh, maybe this is not something for me. And it took me a really long time. It took me two or three years to realize that I actually really missed it, but it was painful because I felt like I really had to put even more work to come back. Right, right. And then I, um, I guess I got, s I became stable enough to kind of be on my own. And my ex-boyfriend was living in New York at the time and he was going to the, he was a dancer. He was at the Ailey school. So I came and came out to visit yeah. and I wasn't, um, I was at a I was enrolled at a university studying one year I studied math I hated it although I was good at math but I was like I just I don't think this is gonna work it was just like a very chaotic few years um so I was trying to figure out how to restart right um and I moved to New York not to dance but to be with my um partner and uh I ended up starting to take open classes slowly and then yeah I mean, like my body was um, had gone through so much trauma and like the buildup was really slow. So yeah, within a year, I enrolled into the Ailey School just kind of to see what's going on because I was gonna um, I was taking um, so many classes anyway at that point. I was right. like a work study student. Um, I finally enrolled there, and within like three semesters. Um, I got uh, offered an apprenticeship with Sidra Bell. Yeah. So I was like, oh, this is picking up. So, like, I might might as well just keep going. Yeah. And I feel like it just kind of kept going, and now we're here. <laughs> um, but it's funny that you said um, 
that you study political science because I never because of like how tumultuous my education and everything was like yeah. I never actually got my degree yeah so I have like credits pending in like five different schools at this point and yeah I I've been actually recently looking at going back to school but I don't want to go back to school for dance because I'm already literally like in the field the job right so it's like I think it's really interesting how like multifaceted we can be yeah uh yeah I have a minor in English and I so in Texas you have to have I think it's like 24 credit hours to teach English and my mom was very very clear that if I did not have a backup plan she was not here for me she also just wasn't here for me like for the dance thing (laughs) but I guess what I tried to do is kind of like win her over with uh so yes I Technically, if I needed to go back and teach English in Texas, mm. I could. Yeah. Uh, and then I have a Africana Studies minor also. Mm. So I also am multifaceted. Mm, um, and it, it's super helpful in so many ways. But I do want to press upon a one part of the question that you guys didn't answer. And I, <laughs> if you don't answer it, it's fine. <laughs> what it sounds like is that there wasn't really a clear vision of what you thought your career would be. Oh, I think I had a clear vision, but then it like it did like not it did not work out that way mm-hmm. very early on i was like oh i'm gonna go to code arts like everyone from there like their plan is to like get into mdt or like some like semi yeah. like scopino ballet it was in the netherlands so like all these european like neoclassical companies yeah and that was my plan mm-hmm. <laughs> it was mm-hmm. Same, like I within mean, the first year totally. i was like oh well this is never gonna happen I mean, you graduate after college and you have been ingrained in your brain that you're going to go to, a, I don't know how many auditions and you're going to into a company. Like, it was that simple. Like, right. people made it seem like it was that simple. And, like, I felt like it was the only way to do anything. Right. Like, I didn't think that there were other options or that there were no. other paths or that It was you that or nothing. Exactly. Or that you right. were allowed to think otherwise, mm-hmm. which is why I was so torn about photography because I wanted to do that so bad. But right. then realistically, as, as a physical being, I can only do dance for so long. So right. I can, you know, stick with that in the meantime and then eventually right. do something else. But that was like as far as like the eye can see is there's like two things in my life that I loved and I had to stick with one. So I did. But it, it I mean for such a long time you just assumed that you were going to get into a company right and so all you ever did was like work into that world and see how you can get there right for me it was very clear that i was going to do that right and when when it wasn't that i was like great so how the hell am i going to get there what am i going to (laughs) do how am i going to continue like persevere yes and i do want to that's a great segue to take me to you would be apprenticing for sidra and you, so Leah would have been, a pre- yes, because I know sometimes people get like, who is that? Leah would have been apprenticing for Sidra yeah. Bell. Sorry, Sidra <laughs> Bell. You're also really cool and you'd be a given <laughs> to and I'd really say hi. Um, but then Zoe, you would have been graduating from school. I think this is about the same time mm. for you guys' time frame in terms of age. Well, I was yeah, probably moving back to New York and... I moved back to New York because I was assisting my friend choreograph for Ballet Hispanico. Right. Um, and so then I joined the second company. Right. When I moved officially back to New York City, I joined okay. the second company. Um, when you guys got the apprenticeship and you joined the second company, did you feel like this? You, did you feel like this sense of like you'd made it in a way because you were finally in that company place that you had hoped for? They're shaking their heads. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, sure, in a sense, in the glimpse of something, but 
it only i mean just because you're there does not mean everything falls into place it like you literally have to still keep working and because also the position was unpaid i then had to work at a restaurant and so working at a restaurant can mean late hours and like still having to get up and go to rehearsals and go to classes like yeah it it was still i mean it's still a lot of work granted it it still is till this day yes yes (laughs) which we will we will we will we'll get there (laughs) i mean i was supposed to do another year of school because i felt like i needed another year of school um i hated ailey because i didn't really fit in very well to like their training format i like to kind of be more open creatively um and their um training program for me was quite conservative and like um technical but not so much creativity to it and i was pretty much halfway moved into san francisco to get it to go to the san francisco conservatory Mm -hmm. um but then i got offered the apprenticeship and i was hesitant to accept it even because i thought that i needed like more school right so absolutely i didn't feel like an idiot i was just like i don't know these people like want me to be here so i guess it's the right thing to do but i don't really know what i'm doing so <laughs> yeah and i think yeah, that I, I think that it's important to talk about that moment because in in I, th- I think i'm a little bit younger but i can think about my young person self and had i heard about that i'm like oh my gosh they're so cool they've made it oh my gosh they're they're on the come up they about to be on uh, and so I think it it speaks to um, the multiple perspectives that on can take or um, what these opportunities can kind of look like mm-hmm. in terms of day to day. So let's fast forward a bit. Uh, Zoe, you will join Bat First Company about a Hispanico. I did a year after. Okay. And then you will move from apprentice to Sidra's yeah. full company. Yes. Okay. Talk to me about those experience like so first off let's start with then did you feel like you made it when you like made no. things <laughs> <laughs> no, it's okay girl, it's okay no. i'm just asking well because then um well i joined the second company i then got was severely injured oh no what happened and i had to i dislocated um the third metatarsal in my right foot <gasps> so i couldn't walk for a very long time i had to stop dancing uh, came home, went back to New York. Then I had auditioned for the company, but I didn't get the job right after the audition. It was like not until the summer until uh, there was a position available. Right. Then they pulled me in, but then I was the apprentice of the company. Right. Which was, it was an experience that I will treasure for the rest of my life because the people that were there and the exp- the the work itself is not the easiest of course mm-hmm. but it was always really fun to be around this group of people when i was there at the time yeah but even then as the apprentice like i had to learn everyone's role yeah literally every female part in every single dance i would go on for people even for male parts in uh, pieces that i had to just kind of be thrown into because that was that was the role the job. that was yeah. the job that's what i had to do and on tour people would get sick you had to jump in for them and whoever knew the part would jump in for them so it was you're constantly still trying to prove yourself right and did you did you have to were you then more were you more financially stable once you got the full-time job with the full-time company well the full-time apprentice position financially stable like did you still have to do the restaurant or did you no i then um i think i started working at the joyce at the time okay um 
I think so. Yeah, I think I started working at the Dipper Joyce at the time. So I was still working another job. Okay. Okay. For sure. Okay. And I don't know. I don't necessarily want to say making it doesn't feel like you still have to prove yourself. But I do. Um, the podcast calls me making it. <laughs> <laughs> I um I I am infatuated with that moment of feeling like damn I'm gaining traction or like damn I've worked really really hard and it feels like it's paid off. Did you feel like that? So less about like proving yourself and more mm. about like damn I've planted a tree like I've put seeds in the ground well, and I mean like some yeah a little bit because <laughs> when I look back I was. I had assisted my friend choreograph for the company and this is where I wanted to be. I wanted to be in this company and so I joined the second company and it kind of, you know, eventually kind of grew into something. Yeah. So yes, it feels like that, but for such a big chunk because we're dancers, we're constantly trying to right increase the the momentum. It's right. it still feels like I was aiming for more. Right. Right. Yeah, and I think I think that's some things that I've noticed I feel like there's so many tiers of like getting into the like college when you're in college mm -hmm. and you kind of get a little comfortable more confident and then you're right. thrown out into the professional world right and you get like <coughs> apprenticeship and you're like on the top of the world but then right. you realize like you're at the very bottom of like the <laughs> next chapter of your life exactly. and then yeah. you're like I was with Sidra for three years and in the beginning I was just like thank you you goddess for like allowing me to right. even be in your presence and on my way out I was like this was an incredible experience. I'm grateful for all of it, but I also feel like it's time for me to move to the next thing. So I right. think there's like, mm -hmm. I don't know, with for me personally, anything like uh, another step is just like the beginning of okay. kind of like a reset to like start working to the next thing, which mm -hmm. also might actually like make me crazy at some point because i'm Yo. never satisfied with <laughs> anything and i'm like oh so i did this so it couldn't have been like that hard so like <laughs> what's the next thing that i can do that's like challenging no um, it's so funny that you say that keep going and i'll chime in in just a second yeah i feel um but there definitely have been moments for me where i force myself to take a step back and like think about five years ago and be like oh you just did this or you've just like been acknowledged by this person or just got hired by this person or worked intimately with like you know someone you've looked up to for so mm -hmm. many years and and it takes usually it takes actual conscious effort on mm -hmm. my part to like step back and be like would 22 year old Leo like be impressed by this probably so like maybe just you know just just give yourself right. some credit for mm -hmm. Right, you know, because it's it's so grueling and getting up every morning, and you're like, I don't even know what I'm doing, but why am I doing this? Like, am I am I nuts? Like, nothing's happening, and mm -hmm. then like something good happens, like right. you get the job that you want, or, you know, you see improvement over a year, right? Of mm -hmm. like, really training or really working hard, right. and and it it feels good, but then it also feels like cool so like where else where can else I, exactly you know? what else can i do yeah no it's so funny <laughs> that you say that because um i'm also i feel like at this restart place i think this is i i don't even remember what episode this is but the fact that i actually can't remember what episode this is is also like a huge feat because i remember when this was just like a seed in my brain mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and so but i say that to say i do wonder if that's like really bad training um only because uh, I think, at least for me, I never want to get to a place where I miss out on the the nice part of it. Like, 
I was so, and I am so, like, thankful that I get to talk to you guys about this because not only do I admire you, but I, I really do think that this is a conversation, and I never want to um, miss out on that moment to just feel like a little kid, like, <laughs> we didn't get it. <laughs> because, I mean, they, I do feel like, you know, life goes so fast, and if I don't, mm-hmm. if I miss out on those moments yeah. or if I'm so eager to get to the next thing, I'll, I won't even get to, like, yeah. yeah, hold lollipops and just be like, mm-hmm. "Oh my gosh, we're supposed to hang out." I know, and it and it goes so fast, and then it's. I mean, it's so easy to take for granted whatever you're experiencing mm-hmm. in the right, moment, right? Right. Because I feel like you know, with Sidra, I was there for three years. It was my first job, and sometimes it just felt like, "Oh yeah, like we have rehearsal, whatever." And now, like my best friend still dances with the, dances with the company, and. I get nostalgic sometimes, like, mm-hmm. I miss certain things about it, you know? And it's like, mm-hmm. oh, shit, maybe I should have, like, slowed down right, a few times right. and, yeah. and actually taken it in. And, you know, the older I get, the more I want to slow down. Yeah. The more yeah. I want to, like, I- absorb everything that's happening. Yeah. yeah. Which is yeah. so strange. But it's, you start to realize as, as you get older, it's like, now that it's behind you, you can't really go back. So you try yes. to, like, really be in it. Yes, mm-hmm. I think too. I've been thinking about that. Just like little things, like because I don't. For those who don't know, I don't go home very often, um, because I don't. And so um, I find myself like missing, like mm-hmm. missing a car, or like certain parts <laughs> of the city where you would drive to. And it was so at the time, it was just what we did because it was just how you got to places. Mm-hmm. And it that almost feels like um, like foreign because even if I go back now it's not going to look the same because of construction and I'm older Mm -hmm. um but yeah you 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 can't go back and it's also so it's almost like a if I if I can't go back let me just really really appreciate Mm -hmm. everything that's going on otherwise I may miss it and you never want to I guess I never want to look back and think like damn what happened I know I missed it I missed it (laughs) it's like when I go back home I always go to the beach but growing up in Miami, I was never at the beach. See? Probably maybe once or twice in summer, but I was never there. And That's now crazy. that I'm home, <laughs> I'm like, why, I why. have to go to <laughs> the beach. <laughs> I will. I go every day. I go as, as often as I can. Yeah. yeah totally. Yeah. So I do want to talk about what you spoke on it a bit, but I want to talk about some misconceptions about what it looks like to be a full-time dancer to what it is being a full-time dancer, both with your experiences from Ballet Hispanico and Sidra Bell, respectively, and now moving towards Gibney. Like, what do people, like, I think, what do people think it looks like, but then uh, then give me the real, like, but this is what it actually is. Um, so it's a lot of hours, that's <laughs> for sure. Um, just because physical practice that you know you got to keep up um it's also like practice that you do at home it's just a lot of practicing (laughs) (laughs) meaning that like like practicing writing a good email and knowing what that might be like uh practice of good etiquette and 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 when you talk to people as i get older too i'm like i'm realizing the dance community is very tiny and so you just learn to be kind to people and oh yeah you also don't know who's going to be standing behind an audition board smart when you are auditioning yeah like it it's crazy right or if or practicing choreography at home (laughs) (laughs) yeah i mean it it doesn't really we work technically we work 10 to 6 
but that is a lie because we work much more than that. Um, I think this is just like a millennial thing in general, but like, um, you know, answering emails in your bed at 11 p.m. Mm-hmm. or like going through choreography for the next day for like some rehearsal. Like these are normal. Or writing things. it down. I mean, I write down choreography too sometimes. It helps. Or write down corrections. If right. people have given me some insight, I like try to remember that. And so I'll write it down. Right. And then on top of that, there's a lot of um, personal practices that I think especially as you're in the field for a few years, you figure out what, in addition to rehearsals and classes, you need for your body. And I mean cross-training or Pilates Mm -hmm. or any kind of physical therapy, body work, all of that. I mean, it also takes up a lot of time Mm -hmm. and so much discipline. There's definitely some self-care in there and what you need to kind of like cool down, whether it's a hot bath and Epsom salt or like eating better meals and making sure your diet is on point so that you're not exhausted by 12 p.m. Exactly. Right. Sleeping, actually sleeping. And I I can do with at least a solid six to seven hours. Eight would be fantastic, but seven is probably solid. And and I make sure it happens. It has to happen. And all of these things, you know, infringe on your social life or your dating life at times. Like, Mm -hmm. I need to go home because I need to get the right socks for rehearsal tomorrow because if I don't, then I'm going to have a bad rehearsal and a bad day and it's going to be a waste of my time. So, like, Mm -hmm. I need to, like, pick this thing up. Mm -hmm. I need to, like, pack the right lunch. Like, it's, Mm -hmm. it's, it all revolves around it. For sure. Yeah. And then if it means not having that extra beer at night when you're hanging out with friends, <laughs> then it means you can't have an extra beer. Like, and that's it. True. Or you suffer the next day. Or you suffer the next day. <laughs> and you're going to be real mad. Yeah, you are. And it's your own fault. So. <laughs> we blame you. <laughs> and I think there's a lot of balancing also of all of these things because for me, it's easy to go to into like hyper work mode yeah which is also like at a certain point not healthy because if you're just like if you're not living your life you don't have as much to give as an Mm -hmm. artist and like as a voice in the room so i think like balancing that out is also which also goes back into the slowing down stuff it's like if i'm you know i can plan ahead and see a friend and hang out with a friend just to kind of like reset my own thoughts and my yeah, life and have yeah. a rich life yourself yeah right giggle, just like laughing is my no. favorite thing to do <laughs> so <laughs> if it means to just sit with my friend in her apartment and laugh then i will do it yes and i think that's why I, I, you know what not to say that i think people don't like me at gibney but i think people especially like me <laughs> because y'all i always come with the jokes if you know me personally i, I feel like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like I always got something to say. Um, but I do want to segue that into, yes, self-care. Yes. Hmm. I think when I was younger and I was trying to explain this to my mom or I was trying to explain to this to anyone, it was this, th- I think the, the, like the gremlin or the person that didn't understand was just getting them to see that it's a job. That like you were compensated. You come in, you pay, but like you, like this is, this is no different from me sitting at a computer in some ways it's way more fun than sitting at a computer all damn day. Um, and that, like, I think that that's, that's so important for people to hear that like mm-hmm. you go to work. Yeah. This is, a, oh yeah. yeah. It's a, it's a job. Totally. It's not, it's, n- this is not coloring though. Coloring <laughs> is great. This is not something that you're not, this is not something that you're doing for, um, only self pleasure. Mm-hmm. Right. Oh, I can talk about that. (laughs) 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 But I do want to segue that into, so how did you, what was the impetus to then make you want to go full-time with Gibney? 
I mean, being a freelancer, part part time dancer in New York is tough. So with Sidra, you were part time. It's a full time <laughs> commitment that isn't full time hours, and isn't full time pay. So all of us in the company worked either taught on the side or worked um, like a an additional job. Right. Um, and it was also difficult for me because I was signed with a commercial. I'm still signed with a commercial agency, and they would send me on send me on like these amazing projects but it was also it's very the amount of scheduling that goes into being a freelancer or um working multiple jobs right. is absurd mm-hmm. right so that's like a huge yeah. thing as well mm-hmm. and then you know sometimes it's days where i worked at a cafe for three years and i still love everyone there because they were amazing and we act- actually still hang out with some of the people i love them um but I would get up at 5 a.m., work at the cafe from 6 to 1, and then sometimes go to rehearsal from, like, 2 to 8. Like, that is not a sustainable mm, right. um, lifestyle. Of course, when you're an apprentice or, like, first year or, like, maybe a year or two when you're, like, early 20s because you want that job no matter what. Right. But after a few years, it's, like, it's draining. Oh, how, like, I can't. I was, last year, um, I left Sidra's company last year, and I was burning out and, I didn't dance all summer, and I wasn't really very mm-hmm. happy. I was just like, oof, something needs to change. Mm-hmm. And then I got super lucky because the opportunity was given me presented itself. And mm-hmm. of course I was going to take it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like I haven't taken classes consistently every single day since college probably. Because wow. that's another thing. Class is expensive. Mm-hmm. Class like, is you very know, expensive. Like if you make like $10 an hour and class is 20 bucks, like – yeah, it's well, one it's or the it's other. It's eating or class. <laughs> it's it it's gets true. to that I point know. sometimes, you know. Right, right. Yeah, so it can get to that point. And travel, like when I was freelancing, it was like planning and scheduling was out the wazoo. Plus, taking the train, I would take the train to probably every single borough just to get to like either was it a job or a dance gig or an opportunity or like a meeting or like auditions, it was auditions, like, oh my God, auditions, cast, cattle. So calls. you two were still doing. I was you were doing Ballet Hispanico and no, then no, no. Okay, I, this was way before Ballet Hispanico. Okay, cool, cool, cool. Um, just freelancing was just crazy. Auditions are crazy, and then this. I mean, you meet people, which is great, and right. you like show face, which is great, but it just doesn't feel good. And sometimes you just have to kind of like let it go and do what you got to do, and then move on. Right. Um, and it's never really about you. You never know what's mm-hmm. behind the table. Right. But I, I was. Um, I worked with Ballet Hispanico for two seasons, and I was not asked to come back. Right. So then Cassandra, who was with Gibney, right. approached me out of nowhere <laughs> and asked if I wanted to be a part of his company. Right. And I then moved on with like the interviews and the auditions and all X, Y, Z and all that stuff. And I was unsure of what this company was about and knew, didn't know much about it and she amy would explain like what it consisted of and i even asked for a half contract i was like you know what i'm not sure if this is something i want to do but would you be okay and willing to divide the contract into two and i would only do the first half and if i'm comfortable with it then i would continue the contract yeah i just were they were they willing to do that yeah she spoke to gina and gina was okay with it just because and here we are (laughs) but i also think that if that's <coughs> first of all i didn't know that either and second of all i think that's really important because talk about like knowing your boundaries and knowing right. what you're capable of and right. feeling really comfortable and confident to articulate that to yeah. someone right. um, yeah. rather it was than actually one of the first moments in my life where i felt like i 
was myself and allowed to speak for myself and you know hold my own ground because in in the dance world you're told what to do right you're not really asked of for anything or for anything that ever is yeah right sometimes it doesn't work that way you know and so i didn't know what i was walking into and i thought it would only be fair that i did half of this contract and see where i stood and then you know, because it was such a short amount, I, I was curious as to see what a full year would look like and, and right. so on and so forth. Right. But that's how that's, it rolled out. That's amazing. So just so we can get some nuts and bolts here, full time as a, excuse me, company member, let's get the nuts and bolts. What does that consist of? Uh, first off, that's a 52-week contract. 52-week contract, paid vacation, health benefits, we now have physical therapy on Through site. Through Symbio PT, shout out to them. Shout out to them. Amazing. Mm-hmm. Best PT I've ever had in my life, I swear. Um, <laughs> <laughs> really? Um, what else? We work all summer, which is something that all I summer. have never really experienced. Yeah, performance okay. opportunities, teaching opportunities. We're teaching at on NYU soon. We have mm-hmm. our summer intensive at Gibney. In which is June. huge. I've done it. It's great. Yay. If you want to do it email me um, and I can give you details. <laughs> what else? So much support on um, the English. advocacy fellowship. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, and we're actually going to talk about that next. Yeah, mm-hmm. amazing. I okay. Have, yeah, I have only unlimited classes. You totally do get unlimited classes. Which is wild. And you also, dis- do you guys get discounted space? I don't know what you, because I know we do. We do, yeah. So talk to me about the stability uh, in terms of pros and cons about being full time in this capacity? Well, I mean, this is the first time I'm like financially stable in this way where I know my paychecks and I know my like financial right. state right. for a year. Right. Correct. Which is just, it, I feel like an adult, you know, like mm-hmm. I can plan ahead mm-hmm. like right. i can plan expenses i can plan mm-hmm. vacations my brother's totally. getting married in the summer i was like hey can i do this yes cool book flights amazing yeah. you know like right just the stability of not worrying about paying rent next month even if it's just even if it's just like i don't know when i get paid right as a freelancer i've like waited three months for checks right, right. what is totally. that we we talked about that in oh, yeah. episode two and episode one <laughs> you know Tune so in. just like knowing kind of the consistency mm-hmm. and and signing a, a contract and it's only a year and I know that in a lot of professions like that might not seem like a long time but for me like knowing yeah. a year ahead and it's a full year it's August and yeah August to August no Aug- mm-hmm. I've end of July August yeah it's right. full year right yeah I mean I guess this it just also means that these are the little bits and pieces of when you like like what we talked about in the beginning where it feels like you've gotten somewhere right all the work you've done has finally you know helped you get to some point right artistically you are always reaching for more and Mm -hmm. as a person you're always still growing but these are just like the bolts and knots and twists and turns and of the things that kind of fall into place at some point in your life right i mean yes we'll reset for new changes and new chapters and you know eventually you get married and you have kids and you have family like that sort of thing comes up next because that's like where my life is leading into so hey now hey now charlie gonna get an episode (laughs) on that (laughs) (laughs) to be continued you know i mean because i'm only you know getting older and these are the only things that i'm like looking out into but yeah it they are falling into place and 
this is the first time in my life I'm living by myself in New York. Like, I've never lived alone. I've lived with my family growing up. I lived with roommates in college. I've lived with another roommate in another apartment. And, and first time in my life living in Brooklyn and yeah. living alone. So I'm very, very, very thankful about that. It's something that it kind of like a little bit feels like you made it, especially in New York. When you live alone, you're like, oh, shit. <laughs> I mean, I can't speak to that, but like, I can only <laughs> Me think what that must feel like. Girl. And I think everyone should live You're alone at least once oh. in their lives, even yes. if it's like six months. We're because work in progress. We are working. <laughs> Emily, <laughs> I know you're listening to this episode. <laughs> we are working on it. Same. We are definitely Same. working so on it. So it, <laughs> it feels pretty secure and it feels good and it feels like you can make steps and plan ahead and yeah and i think it's so respectful to you know like mm-hmm. treat it as a real job yeah. treat it beach yeah it's it's a real contract and a real job and we get mm-hmm. treated like professional like adults XO. you know yeah right and i th- i think that's one thing that i think i even like i'd had a lot of different jobs and i had gotten even in college i was at certain points working two jobs so i'd gotten really comfortable like Oh, I don't have to make enough money. Or I don't have to have enough all the time. I just got to be able to like be forward thinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think one of the hugest things of p- for me in terms of going full time was that I noticed how much I was worrying. Like I literally mm-hmm. was in the bathroom like brushing my teeth. And I it, mm-hmm. it was like this epiphany moment of like how mm-hmm. much of this day was spent thinking about if I'm going to make rent. Mm-hmm. And I was like, Khadija, yeah, totally. you literally haven't thought about much else. Keep in mind, like, I'm a pretty heady person, so I do think about a lot of things, but I just realized, like, how much of my, like, just how much of yeah, the day was spent. Like, yeah, it's just like, money, 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 <laughs> is it enough? Are you going to make it that? Yeah, and I know, especially punching. in New York, for sure. And so, yeah, what full-time does, be it administrative, creative full-time dancers because it's totally possible it does sound like that it gives you um, a nice jumping place mm-hmm. uh, whereas maybe and could you speak to this um, I know for me it was really difficult to grow um, in certain uh, capacities like saving but also like I couldn't I could train a lot for a little bit and then I'd have to go back because my jobs would switch mm-hmm. and so being able to produce multiples of things mm-hmm. or see myself grow in any way would c- kind of get stunted because my jobs are always shifting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, would you agree or? I, I mean, I agree in, in that sense where when you are a freelancer, you're kind of shifting so often and like doing so much that you can't really consistently stick to one thing. And if yeah. you are doing like a monthly membership to one thing, you kind of have to not do it that month because you need the money for this and you right. need the money for groceries. Right, yes, like that's what was happening. That's yeah, what I was totally. Yeah, yeah, that's what's happening. I can <laughs> feel it. Yeah. I know, I, I've sensed that. I've done that before too. But um, being able to have free classes, I personally feel like I've grown a lot. Oh, yes, oh, yes. Such a huge difference. Yeah. Also, I going into rehearsal, having taken class, it's a yeah. game changer. Yeah. I mean, this shouldn't be a game changer because this should be normal. I but know, I know. Yeah. But taking not the thing is with ballet Hispanico, they take ballet every day, and right. sometimes there may or not be some contemporary classes involved in their scheduling. Right. Um, I don't know. I can't speak for their schedule now, but um, at the time when I was there, we had maybe contemporary classes on Wednesdays, and every other day was ballet. Right. And 
I love ballet. It's like taking your vitamins, and it's it's so crucial and so essential. And there's so many things about it that I admire. Yeah, but there are also so many other techniques right. that not only can help your ballet technique, but that vice versa, where right. it's like the ballet can help that technique, or you know, and so on and so forth. And I just think, as a dancer, you shouldn't get comfortable in one source of technique. Right. Right. It should allow you to want to do other things and right. being able to do other things. I've explored so many other ways of moving, moving, and so other so many other ways of growing. And I would never do floor work. I've yes. never done floor and work. If you've seen Zooey <laughs> in Lasha's class, y'all, she be cutting <laughs> up, y'all. She be I've just never done floor work. Shout out to down the middle. She's yes, amazing. <laughs> Love her. She was like a soul sister of mine, and we just recently spoke about it. Just a side note that how closely we became so, you know. Yes, is it the hair? Friendship. (laughs) It's the hair. It's it's the hair. She noticed that first too, but I mean, at age thirty, I'm thirty-one. She's now thirty, and it's like so rare to find someone at your age and your level to under, you know, create a friendship. Right. And especially because it it started artistically, and I think that's a huge factor, and they helped me so much. And yeah, had I not been in this company, I would have not, you know, met someone like her, and I would have not done floor work and so on and so forth. So taking classes for free is like. Meeting new artists and meeting new Adam Barrick is great. Nicole yeah. Van Arks is great. Yeah, like, yeah. Just all these teachers, instructors have so much to offer that I had never knew that this world even existed. Yeah. And I think what's great, too, is I've put you guys into classes because I'm at the front desk. Um, mm-hmm. I feel like you guys will take a class that's sometimes opposite of what you're currently working on. Oh, yeah. 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 I think there's also like a whole entire like magic art of like figuring out what you need for, for the day. The day. Yeah. Um, and Give Me offers a lot of classes, so whether it's ballet or like, or specifically to what choreographer we're working with mm-hmm, at the mm-hmm, time. Mm-hmm. And I think also what you said about ballet being like a staple, but also it depends what kind of work you're doing. Because mm-hmm. now we just finished working with Bobby Jean Smith mm-hmm. for three weeks. Ballet wouldn't necessarily prepare mm-hmm. me if I took it every morning. Like it, no, it was nice yeah. to like take a variety of classes to kind of get your body get going yeah. around like training throughout the week before rehearsals mm-hmm. with her because mm-hmm. the work is so like she's moving right now guys <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's, it's, it's very <laughs> very involved <laughs> very it's meaty very, very like experiential involved. yeah very so meaty very thick very fully aware yeah I, yeah movement. so i think it also depends yeah like you said katie taking a whole lot of different kind of classes and taking full advantage of that i have yeah. no shame oh, yeah. in like, like i'm gonna go to this class and then this evening i'm gonna go to that class yeah. and then next week i know for sure i can't go to ballet because i gotta go to this class instead yeah. like i just full I'm so advantage for this. I'm, so <laughs> <laughs> I'm glad that you're excited i'm also glad that you put yourself in class i said that earlier but guys if you work the front desk you already know them class counts got to be on and i hate when it's somebody that work at Gibney that did not put themselves in class before they walked in. Oh, we and Leo, it's not that hard. They be on it. They be on it. I know it maybe has Sometimes. been you in the past, <laughs> but honey, I haven't noticed in a long, long time, so I'm here for you. I stand in full support of you. I'm always like, sorry, that was me. I'm sorry. My apologies. <laughs> sorry. sorry. I was running in. I'm sorry. So before we get up out of here, um, I do want to talk about how entrepreneurship or your fellowship, uh, depending on how you want to look at it. But I actually want to talk about it more grandly speaking. I think I bring up your entrepreneurship because it is so integral to your role at Gibney, but I also bring that up because it seems pretty integral to you as people now. Like, 
most of the dancers that I admire at this point have some other something outside of performance that is fueling them the same way that dance does if you listen to the episode with Amy and Shimo it was the same kind of that same impetus that gave way to their community Mm -hmm. outreach section of groundworks what first of all what role does entrepreneurship play in your artistic practice I mean I think it's a necessity first of all because like we were saying um even freelancing or being part-time like you were there's so much work that goes into like applying to stuff looking up auditions Mm -hmm. like being your own manager time managing all Mm -hmm. of this work right it's nice because now all of this time and effort has shifted into actual substance work and not just like sustaining yourself but I think it's a lot of skills that like we all have as dancers just because we need to survive yeah um but it's it's really nice to have the time and resources to um Practice that yeah, and do that. Allow allow to have actually like programs and projects come out of this right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's definitely a necessity. I think the more I the older I get, I talk about this a lot, but it's the truth. Um it's just a matter of knowing what to say, to whom, how to write, to whom, how to present yourself, to whom. It's 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 so important, whether you're a freelancer or not. Right marketing yourself accordingly having the right uh, connections having the proper communication having the mm-hmm. correct etiquette whether you're being interviewed or not it's just a matter of we can do it now because we're practicing it under all the same roof and we mm-hmm. have the resources and we have the help and we have the guide mm-hmm. but it's good to always still continue to do that as a human being because you never know who you're speaking to right you never know who you're going to come in contact with especially in this community and yes in this community and in other communities like you right. could be a doctor but if you don't know what you're talking about or don't know how to uh, present news to people then what good are you at right it's it you have to have that people human people person like aesthetic the ability to communicate ability effectively to, to your audience and and yeah. as an artist and if you're a choreographer or any artist at all and you can't talk about your work eloquently, then sure, some people may, you know, take the information. Love, yes. But it's it's an it's almost like it heartwarms me when I can hear a really well known vocalist, right, pop artist speak well, well in an interview and profoundly and you know speak to other people who like if that's not being said in their work it's being said in their voice right and i just think that's like lady gaga for example quirky strange pop artist for a long time no one really understood who she was and then the minute she got behind a mic and someone was interviewing her she was worlds on worlds on worlds on but she can continue talking about what Mm -hmm. it is that Mm -hmm. really meant to her and what was important to her and that's huge. I think that's even bigger because now you're reaching to more audiences. Right. There are more connections. There are right. more reasons why people can like you. Right, right. And more th- and then like more people want to work with you exactly. and more people want to be a fan of you there because they support you. Exactly. They I feel like that truth be told, I don't know if you guys know this, but I first of all, I love interviews, hence my job. Um <laughs> but I have been a borderline <laughs> fan cuz I'm really hesitant to say i'm a fan of somebody's but i've watched interviews and then had to claim like diehard status because because of their interviews because of their interviews like and how they spoke yeah people who can't talk about 
their work more importantly their work sure everyone can talk about themselves and we are yes. all talking about ourselves but what do you believe in and why right, do you believe in it right, and right. what speaks to you and in that sort of thing I, th- I think it's important to do that i think yeah. it's very very crucial and it's complete a complete necessity yeah yeah I think there's also a level of savvy savviness that is like necessary because you could be the most talented, incredible dancer, but right. if you don't figure out ways to put yourself out there and like yeah. actually let people figure out that they're, you're this amazing dancer, yeah. they're not gonna come looking yeah. for you most likely. It's like right. what do you have to say? Because someone else is gonna take that spot. You know, right. it's, it's pretty cutthroat. So, right, y- you're responsible for your own like networking and. Really, like, mm-hmm. ask someone out for a coffee. Pick their brain. Yes. Great idea. Nothing weird mm-hmm. or, like, you know, like, intimidating. Or, well, I mean, it's probably intimidating <laughs> to some yes. people, but, you know, like. And the worst that they can say is no. no. Cool. Yeah. Move and on. You know, yes. it's fine. You know, like, talk to people. Ask about auditions. Go mm-hmm. see shows. Mm-hmm. Like, all of this. I don't even know if this is entrepreneurship, but, like, just being but smart. Building. Yeah. Smart about I mean, these you just things. have to know the companies. Know when people yeah. are auditioning. Like, know, like, who's the director. Know who's yeah. choreographing. I also what, like to know? believe that we're human first before we're right. anything else. And human right. connections go a long oh, way. They go, they go further than, like, a the artistic way. connection. And sure, like, I've been a person, if I like your work, great. But if I can connect with you more as a person, even better. Even better. Yes. That and then when it's both, more. it's, you know. Yeah, it speaks to me. And I will say, too, uh, for the anybody out there, I actually hardcore, actually, because Zooey's here, so I hardcore struggle with visual representation. I think for a really long time, it could be my dancer training, it could just be my own internal gremlins, but I would be like, oh, I work hard. Oh, I'm at the t- especially when I was a kid, I was like, oh, I make great grades. And I got a sm- I'm also like a bit of a smooth talker. I have a way with words I'll say. <laughs> and <Basically>. so <laughs> I would be like, oh, I don't have to like have the nicest shoes. Because at the time, too, like I was working in high school, so I didn't have like the nicest clothes or the nicest shoes. Girl, and I neither. And I validated neither. like a, a maybe a slouchy ap- appearance or like a not thought about appearance mm. because I was always like, when you meet me, you are it's going to be a wrap. Mm-hmm. But the problem with that is as I get older, mm-hmm. especially as I venture off into different paths, most people don't know me. And so <laughs> I have to wor- I really have I reached out to Zoe over the summer about a photo shoot, which, which we we're still, still have to yeah, do. We still <laughs> have to do. <laughs> but I've really, really been making it in a real effort, a really, really effort because that's my my struggle. I can talk to brick walls, as my mother would say. I can make applesauce have an opinion, really. Mm -hmm. And I, oh my gosh, shout out to Kyle Abraham. When I first met him, it was the worst. I literally (laughs) saw him because at the time I was still living in Texas, so I'd never seen him. So I saw him, I was ordering cheese fries. Y'all, I blanked. I, my mouth hit the floor, my eyes got really big, and I said, oh my gosh, you're Kyle Abraham. And he was like, because this was before I knew that he was like a person. I just knew that he was Kyle Abraham and not really like a human being that would mm-hmm. eat your french fries and like <laughs> goes food, <laughs> you know, like does things. And I li- he literally said to me, do I know you? And then it dawned on me. And I was like, no, you don't. But I'm a huge fan and I've watched all your videos. Like, and then I went into like my thing. And now every time I see Kyle, I'm always like, hi, Kyle. I know Kyle doesn't know me, but I act as if he knows me just so that like he does, he feels comfortable to talk to me. So I say that to say like, no, I've never asked him for coffee, but I, I make it a habit to like really stalk 
anybody that I'm like a huge in a fan good of. Way. <clears throat> y'all, let me tell you, <laughs> this 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 game I got going on. If you know me, y'all, I stalked Zooey. Yo, because at the time, yo, this is how it goes. I thought really, Zooey was like really pretty and she like seemed really cool. And I was like, oh my gosh, I need to know about her. Here's the thing, because I believe success is like 90% preparation. What if Zooey said something to me? What if she tested my knowledge about her? I need to be ready. I need to be prepared. <laughs> totally <laughs> vid dramatic. I mean, it sounds dramatic, but yes. This is, you know? this is how I live. No, like, true. I literally would, like, Google or, like, if I saw somebody walking that looked really cool, I'd be like, oh, my gosh, what's their name? And I would look in the system, and then I would type it in Google, and I would read a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch, a bunch of stuff. Oh, my God. In the case that if I ever saw them, I would have mad questions and i would be so what prepared pre no i agree 100 percent. and i like i think that that's a big thing when people audition for companies and if you're auditioning for a company and you know not a single thing about the company like you you're obviously not interested Mm. yes like i had a conversation with a person who we just auditioned for disney this past weekend she was very disappointed with the auditioning process um but I don't want to get into no details. more information, <laughs> no more information, really. <laughs> but I was like, oh, because it was difficult. Uh, or she thought it was strange that we're teaching rep at the audition. And I was like, but you're a rep company. This is a rep company. So, so like we had five we creations this year and we're going to have five more next year. And like learning material is, is your job. Part of your <laughs> it's like a pretty big part of your job. Yeah. And I was just like. Oh, so like, w- what why are, we are you about? here? Kind of, kind of. And I know? and I don't say that to be uh, exclusive. No, 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 no. But I like, s- I say that. Look be- at the website the night before. You know, like mm-hmm. read mm-hmm. Well, one page about like the mission or something. I like, think about that, that in terms of also too, like time, or like energy. I'm only first. Let me be clear, I, especially like if we talk about, for example, music. I'm only diehard fans for maybe six people. I'm really particular about who I'm a fan about. So I use that energy or that fandom to mm-hmm. really, really invest. And I think it's the same thing with jobs. I want to be really, really clear that I love these people. I love what they're trying to make. Mm-hmm. I I want to um, be another flower in the larger garden that whatever business I'm joining is already creating. Yeah, why would you want to be auditioning or trying out for a job that you don't even know what it yes. is like mm-hmm. how do you know that you want to be doing this if right you don't even know what it is i'm a little devil's advocate yes. when it comes to like taking classes as far as like researching teachers and choreographers and yeah stuff. yeah i mean that i feel like that's different because mm-hmm. you know you have to be in a class to or like if i am researching a, a company i will look at who they've is. worked with and mm-hmm. kind of get a feel for or yeah or no, maybe i don't know who these people are at all mm-hmm. and i kind of let it just be that that yeah. I don't know, and so I walk into the space to then have my own experience. But you at least, you know, put you some know what you're walking into. Yeah, I mean, at least I'll know their name, <laughs> right? <laughs> That's as far as it goes. Sometimes well, in terms I of l- class or in terms of jobs, sometimes jobs, gigs, and things like that. Like wow. if, uh, if it's like a a video and it has a choreographer, yeah, like I'll just maybe look it up their name. Yeah, if, if I can go past the point of like looking up a vid- YouTube video on them. Sure. Sometimes I won't because I I I like to play this like challenging game with myself to kind of experience this person also for the first present. time. Yeah. Without anyone's like 
different notions notions yeah yeah anything along those lines just because i only do this to myself but but then you can't be disappointed at the end if it doesn't i I don't no 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 yeah and also not having any expectations yeah no none whatsoever i don't create expectations yeah yeah, Yeah. yeah. no no no. and i think for me it's less about like it's it's more about if i say this i'm a fan of this person i want them to know that i've actually done some work i can't I don't want to. I don't want my mouth to drop because of what I heard about you. I want my mm-hmm. mouth to drop because my know. the way yeah. that I've experienced you on my own, y'all. I would, yeah, it's really bad, on Kyle. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I was like, way. I was a huge Girl. fan. <laughs> but yeah, I've done it before for other choreography opportunities, choreographic opportunities where these were the choreographers. I had no idea who they were, and I was just I left it at that because I was interested in like getting to know them as people once I got into the space. Mm. But that's just my own personal way of like challenging myself because i choose to do these things yeah but not that it works for everyone i'm saying i might take that i'm, I'm always like i'm always like oh, i mean like back. i'll look at the name like great don't know who they are have never heard of them i'll find out when i get there that's it's as simple as that yeah what are you guys's fellowships right now i know them but i think the world should know them too um my fellowship is still in the works but um, hopefully to launch in May, and it's um, on mental health and bridging the gap between dancers and mental health resources, as well as creating a platform um, for dance artists um, to share their stories with mental health and experiences with mental health to kind of start chipping away and normalizing that conversation. Yeah, chipping up, chipping away at the stigma. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mine is called Confidance. And it's spelled C-O-N-F-I-D-A-N-E-Z. Trademark. It's mine. Don't steal it. Don't steal it. Um, and it's basically, uh, it's divided into four-part series of classes. Yeah. And these classes, it doesn't have to be four parts right now. It's, it's just what it is at the moment. Mm-hmm. It's still growing. It's still developing. And within these classes, we talk about photography. And because I've had some history in photography, I thought I'd put the two worlds together. Yeah. And so each class um, is, it. I share the, the partnership with my partner, and he teaches the photography portion in regards to lighting and, like, so on and so forth. And it bridges the gap between knowing where you are in the space once you are given the opportunity to be in a photo shoot. Yeah. And feeling comfortable within your own skin. Right. And not feeding someone else's expectations but making sure that you can share what you're you know knowledgeable in and right. t- taking care of yourself and not having to injure yourself in any situation yeah as well as like legal rights and making sure that conversations are had so that you're n- you don't show up to a photo shoot completely uncomfortable and not knowing what you're doing right. and not really sure how you got there right whether it's a paid or unpaid right uh, so we talk about headshots body shots uh like i said legal rights and marketing yourself and what what's a good picture which is, isn't a good picture why you would you know angles and why you would do this with this photo and why you wouldn't do this with this photo and artistic choices and so on and so forth so it's yeah. photography and dance in one world and making sure that that experience it, yes it takes practice you can't i don't expect you you to walk out to be an expert at this yeah but it it definitely takes practice and it's just creating a healthy understanding between those two places because we tend to think that because someone's behind the camera that you are now the subject and yes you are the subject but it doesn't mean that you can't both be artists in the same right right i mean we both are artists and we tend to forget that yeah so it's just allowing that to feel 
a little more at ease. Yeah. And how have these projects or fellowships grown your artistic practice? Like how has how has this overlap in this in in this entrepreneurship fed what you do on stage? What I do on stage or and maybe it hasn't, but I I think it has. And so I think it's also created a new form of language for me um, and making sure I'm taking space and commanding space, whether it is in a photo shoot or on stage. Mm-hmm. It allows myself to practice what I preach. That mm-hmm. if I am telling these people and participants and students to, you know, feel good in their own skin, to also be sure that I'm also feeling good in my own skin yeah. when I am performing or when yeah. I am being photographed. Because... I threw myself, you know, out in the world and kind of like learned all these things and no one really teaches you how to be good in a photo shoot. Yeah. Ever. And I think I will say that because I had some photography knowledge, yeah, it allowed me to understand where I was in the space. So right. as a performer, yes, we have to always know where we are in the space. So right. just feeling good in that and commanding that. Yeah. Yeah. I think. I think similarly to Zuri, um, my fellowships having had the desired effect, the effect that I'm trying to um, get for people is like affecting me in a way because my goal is to normalize the conversation on mental health and um, have more productive ways of, of dealing with these issues and I'm at the stage right now that I'm um, collecting stories for the launch. Yeah. Um, and just seeing peers and successful dancers yeah. um, talk very generously, very openly, which I'm super grateful for, about their experiences with mental health makes me feel like my experience isn't, like, doesn't disqualify me in any way, yeah. even though I've worked through so much of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But still, like, knowing that people in the room or people in our community have gone through similar things is very um it's weird but uplifting not the fact that they're going through this but the fact that there's more people who Mm -hmm. are successful in um overcoming overcoming these these issues is is just really just really heartwarming and just yeah makes me feel like this project has a place um and i think that just makes me take better care of myself and yeah. kind of ov- mm-hmm. continue overcoming these things like yeah. day to day so which then translates to me feeling better and being better yeah in my job you know so i think um it's like a healing practice in a way which is what i'm actually trying to offer f- people but i know that it's having that effect on me so far so amen yeah. i'm here for this <laughs> so last but certainly not least where can the folks find you give me some plugs performances we are performing <laughs> we are in may 3rd 4th and 5th oh give shoot i'm performing at the same time no! i feel really famous that i'm like performing <laughs> at the same time as you <laughs> may 3rd 4th and 5th give me dance.org yes yeah. 280 broadway 280 broadway what time 7.30. I think it's going to be 7.30. I think it's 7.30 and then Saturdays and at May Day. It's a double show day. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. So that's going to be. What, where can we find you? Insta, Facebook, Instagram, Tumblr, Instagram at I am dot Zui, Z-U-I. And Leo Z is L-E-O-L-Z-I-E. Yes. On Instagram. 
Yes. And a kidney. Pretty much any given day. Yeah. Whether it's truly out there. And one more question. One, my one, one, one. Can I give my yes. oh, fellowship go for website? It. Oh, yeah, yes, do, do for it. Confidants.org. Yes. So C-O-N-F-I-D-A-N-Z.org. I'm totally Check it out. I'm looking that imagery. <laughs> do it. <laughs> I think you spoke about this, but before we get up out of here, I want to ask you, do you feel like you made it? <laughs> question mark. I'm going to say we're getting there. <laughs> yeah. But we're always getting there. So like. Yes. 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 Do I feel like I'm at the bottom of a bowl of my like ice cream tub? Not quite, but I'm like still scooping. So hey scooping, now, I scooping. need to keep that. We are totally gonna <laughs> trademark that for Zooey. Still scooping. <laughs> we are still scooping. All right, guys. Make it live. Make it breathe. You don't have to make it, but you just gotta make it. Yes, think about it or make it rain. (laughs) (laughs) I'll see you in the next one. Bye, guys. You say bye too. Oh, bye. bye. Thank you. (laughs)